Well, hello, and welcome to the Whatever This Fuckery Is podcast. I'm your host, Valerie, and today's episode is going to be all about the Nier series. I will be talking about uh, Nier Replicant and Nier Automata, and why I love this series absolutely so much, and primarily why I love near automata like replicant is really good but automata i love it to death it's my favorite game ever and replicant i've just finally recently played with the recent uh remake update so i just love that game too but primarily for kine <laughs> uh never played gestulant um never planned to um primarily only because i don't like how they, for the American U.S. version, they made Nier into, like, a daddy to Yona, and he's all big and buff and weird-looking. I much prefer the original Nier, where him and Yona are brother and sister, and I kind of like the cute, like, more like, you know, the, you know how, like, all the characters Japanese people always have is just, like, kind of, like, boyish. Well, of course, obviously, Nier's boyish in the, in the very beginning, because that's his boy years. But even in his adulthood, he's, like, Man, near, you're attractive. <laughs> but uh, also, I'm just, I'm just not into that all big macho, masculine, muscly man stuff. So, near and gasolin, no, thank you. <laughs> um. So before I get into near, I'll just throw out there some updates about how I'm doing. Um. As a cripple with a broken leg. I mean, broken ankle. Not leg. Ankle. I know I mentioned in, when I was interviewing Rachel on my Dating While Trans episode. I was mentioning how I currently have a broken ankle and and whatnot. But so, yeah. Life as a cripple fucking sucks. I have been cooped up inside for four months now. I... I had broken my ankle back in June 10th, and it's now September 25th. So four months of being stuck and cooped up inside the house, and I'm sick and tired of it. <laughs> and um, I love Autumn, and I personally do not want to miss any of Autumn whatsoever. At all. Like I had to miss my whole entire summer being stuck inside, and uh, yeah, I don't want to miss Autumn. Or next month. Spooky month is my favorite month. I love October. I love pumpkins. I love the colors of the leaves changing. Uh, oh, FYI, I live in New York State in America. So, or in the United States of America. So, uh, you know, New York State is like prime, beautiful autumn time. Like, in general. Like, the colors of leaves changing, pumpkins, like, apple picking. So, yeah. <laughs> I just love autumn and spooky October month because I love all things spooky and creepy and morbid and horror related. So that's, but for me, I just watch horror and look into creepy, morbid stuff all year long. So, eh, but at least at the end of the day, it's a month that completely celebrates that. But anyways, uh, so I'm currently doing physical therapy and Physical therapy is going really well. Um, 
and I get two screws taking out October 6th. And I'm really hoping that the doctor dudes, once they take out two screws in my ankle, will give me the okay to go back to work because I'm sick and tired of being broke. <laughs> and I would very much so like to go back to work. Um, plus, I've got to now lose COVID weight gain and broken ankle weight gain. Like, I've gotten chubby and I hate it. <laughs> um, but other than that, I do my physical therapy exercises at home. Uh, I actually kind of forget to a lot, so I end up doing it like really late at night. Uh, but so yeah, that's going fine and good. And I am completely bored out of my mind. And I just play video games or watch movies and read books all day. Currently, I'm reading this book called Goth by Oh Osushi. Um, well, I'm reading this book called Goth, and it's by the author's name is O T S U I C H I. So I just completely slaughtered that name. I am so sorry. <laughs> but it's a pretty good read so far. Uh, so, anyways, done with that fun little crippled life update that nobody probably cares about. <laughs> so here I go. Let's get into the near series. And the near series is by Yoko Taro, who is actually really fun to like listen to interviews uh, with him because he just like likes to like not really tell people anything whatsoever. He keeps everything like a secret. Just a lot of like Easter eggs, and he always wears like an a meal uh, head or mask or whatever. So I people don't really know what he looks like. And uh, yeah, now what I really really love about Near Replicant and Near Tomta is the graphics. Like I absolutely absolutely love how beautiful the graphics are. It's like absolute art in my opinion like it's it's truly beautiful art um and the music the music is so good and amazing in both replicant and automata like i think i like the music more in automata but i also really enjoyed the music in replicant as well and i i also always just end up listening to like the automata music on um Spotify from the Automata albums on Spotify and I also tend to well I don't really listen to Replicant album all that much but I don't think I've looked it up, looked it up yet uh, and also I just really enjoy like the really cool chill vibes about the game both games you know it's just like I'm wandering around uh, this art and graphics uh, this environment the scenery everything's beautifully gorgeous I have this amazing background music to just like listen to while I'm roaming and fighting and like killing uh it, it's really great and for me personally what I really love about automata is how they don't really make you it's not grind too hard like obviously there's grinding to level up but like it's not really hard to level up like in other games like Dragon Age like I would be playing for hours just trying to get up to certain levels it's just like not as hard or as much extreme effort to grind in automata which I really like to enjoy it and I 
kind of didn't really notice that in Replicant. So if that's one of the things that they decided to change in Automata, I'm really glad they did. Uh, I mean, uh, leveling up in Replicant wasn't as like intense and like taking forever like in other games, uh, but it wasn't as like it wasn't. It was taking a little bit more effort than it does in Automata to level up. Um, because I remember I would just, like, fight all the robots a lot in Automata and, like, do a whole bunch of side quests. And, like, eventually I was able to get myself, like, really, really high leveled up. And I wasn't even, like, done with um, uh, 2B, 2B's story. So, like, I ended up starting, like, uh, 9S's story pretty, like, high leveled up already. Which was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> and both... Replicate and Automata have really, really good story that just pulls you in. Uh, I'll obviously go more in depth in the story and the characters and everything that what happens in both games later when I go more into like spoileriness and actually talking about like everything that goes on in the game. So I'm just keeping things like vague for right now for anybody who hasn't played the games yet and you're very interested in playing them. So I don't like spoil it on you. <laughs> so in Near Replicant, the story starts off with you being a young Near, and you're trying to find like a cure for your sister Yona, because she's like really sick, and this dude like Near, he just doesn't ever let her leave the bed or even like the house. And he just doesn't let her do a single thing, like, ever at all. It's like, oh my god, dude, like, let this poor girl at least do something. Just because she's sick doesn't mean she can't, like, I don't know, go outside and pick a flower or something. Like, sheesh. <laughs> but, so he's, like, extremely overprotective, but whatever. <laughs> um, and so you go around trying to, like, find a cure for her. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that happens later on in the games, which I'm not really going to say now because that's all spoilers. <laughs> um, and as for Tamata, you're, you play as 2B and you're assigned along with 9S and you're supposed to like go down to Earth and like it's all set in, like, post-apocalyptic setting, like, thousands and thousands of years in the future. Uh, humanity's, like, wiped out. And supposedly they're, like, off into the moon. They're, they're chilling and living in the moon now after, like, aliens attacks and robots or whatever. So, you're supposed to, so 2B and INS are sent down to uh, Earth to assist the uh, resistance group and like fight off and kill a bunch of robots or whatever. Then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens in Automata uh, that I can't really say now because that's also spoilery. <laughs> but so that's just pretty much the gist. I guess the most non-spoilery gist. But um, it's probably like the worst way to <laughs> describe these games. These games are really, really, really good. Okay, like they're really in depth. The, it's, they're so detailed and it mostly draws you in it's it's superb 
absolutely superb storytelling, superb graphics, superb art. The characters are just amazing. Like, I feel for all these characters in both Replicant and Automata so much. And they're both just so good. They both, both games just draw you in so much. Or at least they drew me in. I just got so sucked into them. I could literally spend hours playing Automata and hours playing Replicant with it feeling like I barely played, like, I for a long time at all you know like I could play for hours it would only feel like 30 minutes or something so su- absolute superb games like I would absolutely recommend playing near Replicate and near Automata if you never have check them out play them you you won't regret it they are absolutely superb like especially Automata Automata has a bunch of things in there about like uh, humanity, philosophy, and what it means to be human, and it's 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 really good. And uh, oh, also the near series, uh, near replicant and near automata are both JRPGs, which means Japanese role playing games, and basically like hack and slashes, which I like a lot. Um, they're they're really fun and enjoyable a lot. Uh, the only other, uh, JRPG hack and slash I can think of that I've really enjoyed playing is Bayonetta. Uh, but I, I prefer Bayonetta 1 over Bayonetta 2. Didn't really care for Bayonetta 2 all that much. Uh, especially just didn't like the short hair on, on Bayonetta in the second one. But, yeah, so, first one's really good. Uh, anyways, back to the Nier series. Oh, oh, also, Near Replicant and Near Automata are, like, great games to get, like, really, 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 really high or, like, stoned and play. Especially Replicant, I think, because, like, I would, like, roam around and, like, fight and everything, and, and the music is just, like, really vibey and chill. And it's just, like, a really good, like, chill time. So, um, I, I mean, I've, I've gotten high and tried playing Replicant a few times, but, uh, I just kind of ended up, like, not remembering how to fight and just kind of, like, being all, where am I going? And I ended up, like, spending an hour, like, going around and around in circles because I couldn't remember where to go exactly. But other than that, Near Replicant, Near Tauta, definitely good games to, like, get stoned and play. Uh, Other great games to, like, just get stoned to and like play would be uh Hyperlight Drifter. That's another really great game that's just really chilly and vibey and just really draws you in and I feel like that game would be superb to play while high. I haven't played Hyperlight Drifter yet while high, but that's on my list to do. And uh also Zelda Breath of the Wild, another great game to just play while you're high. Um because they're just all, like, really vibey, chill games, you know? Uh, so those are pretty much games that I always just think about playing uh, while I'm high and whatnot. But so anyways, yeah, carrying on. I also really like the combat styles and all the combat uh, in both Near Replicant and Near Automata. 
because I personally really enjoy swords in games. I've never been really one for like guns or anything like that. So first person shooters aren't really exactly my thing. So anytime a game lets me like have sword combat, I get really excited about that. And I, or any blades whatsoever, like in um, Blood Rain, I've always preferred using my blades and like draining all my enemies of their blood <laughs> because it's so much more fun to like slice and dice and all the Nazis into little pieces or like just drain them completely of their blood <laughs> while I was playing Blood Rain. And in Bayonetta, I would also do the same thing. I really like the swords combats. The guns were nice too, but I mostly preferred the swords and doing spells and stuff. But anyways, back to Nier. I really like the combat style and Nier and Automata, but I kind of really like all the combos and the fast, like, uh, sword attacks and all the flips and all the super strong power powersness that the androids have. You know, like, 2B's pretty badass with her swords and her pod stuff and 9S, he's adorable with his little sword. <laughs> And, um, all in all, I'm, I really, really enjoy hack and slashes, and I really enjoy the combo in both games. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of different ways you can use, you can do, so. And they both also had these, like, add-on kind of things, or kind of, like, power-up kind of thingies. Uh, in Nier Replicant, they're considered magic words. And you could add these certain magic words to any magic ability, any sword weapon or whatever. And it would either, like, make you have higher defense or higher attack hits or, like, get more experience points or whatever. So, normally, I would always, like, do, uh, pick, you can, when you choose the magic words you want, you can make it so it chooses the best words. So that always made it a lot faster and easier for me to uh, get the best magic word combos on my my weapons and my magic abilities just to give me the, the best at the end of the day. Whether it's like getting more items, uh, attack abilities, better defense, more experience points, more health points, more magic consumption. So that was a really fun feature. And then in Automata, you have these, like, chips things that you can, like, modulate for, uh, whether you're playing as 2B or 9S or A2 in the later games. I don't know if that counts as a spoiler or not, so my bad. <laughs> but, so, you can add each of these, like, chips thingies and, and like, into your Android program, and it's, like, little power-up thingies that can make you even more stronger and more, like, powerful and badass, which definitely made me... Since I was already, like, leveling pretty high up with all the, uh, side quests and just all the grinding I was doing in Automata, uh, along with the, all the ch microchip things, I was able to make my characters, like, even more, like, powerful, and I just, like kicked all the enemies' asses really fast and quickly. Like, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, 
combat aside, moving on to how near replicant and near Tomata are both a spin-off game series to the Dragon Guard games. And I personally have never played the Dragon Guard games. Uh, but I hear Dragon Guard 3 is really good. And the only ways I know how these are all linked and the whole entire lore summary explanation from Dragon Guard to Nier Automata is through this really good YouTube video uh, that's called Lore Summary from Dragon Guard to Nier Automata by Kisargi Seya. Uh, that YouTuber is K-I-S-A-R-A-G-I and the space Saya, S-A-Y-A. But so, if you're really interested in the whole story and lore uh, of Dragon Guard and Nier series, that video is like 27 minutes long and it just covers everything that happens from like Dragon Guard to Nier. And so you pretty much just learn a lot of stuff about like how Zero has these like clones and whatnot and it goes from the clones on to everything else that something about like a giant lotus flower or something i don't think it was lotus flower it, it, it's a really fascinating lore and i kind of would have loved to have experienced the whole dragon guard th three thing with zero and all the clones of zero which is actually interesting that one of the Zero clones ended up being a boy. So, it's it's really cool and interesting how Yoko Otero has a, a lot of, like, trans characters or, like, or like gender non-conforming or even just, like, gay, bi, or, like, lesbian characters in the these game series. Because... Kaine is uh, intersex, and Emil might be gay. I think they kind of hint at that later on. I don't. I'm, I'm again. I hope these aren't spoilers for those who haven't played. Uh, and then, like I said, back in Dragon Guard Three, one of Zero's clones ended up being a boy. So that's but she, but they still present like like, female, because obviously they're a clone of Zero. And I found the whole back lore on Zero and really sad and disheartening, what with her being a prostitute and everything, and I think that there was, like, a, a lot of abuse against her or something, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been, it's been a minute since I've, uh, watched that video, so, and I've never played the game, so just bear with me or just watch it. Best thing you can do is watch that really good lore summary video yourself to get the gist. Um, oh, and like, there's androids and automata who seem to be sapphoic or have sapphoic feelings for other female androids. So, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of LGBT characters in near replicant and near automata so anyways moving on from that because i don't want to end up yammering on a whole bunch and spoiling uh 
There is a whole bunch, I mean a whole bunch of fan art and NSFW fan art of 2B. Like, people love 2B. Which, uh, based off of, you know, Internet Rule 34, if it exists, there's porn of it. <laughs> so, there's a lot of... I actually follow a, uh, a subreddit called R2Booty, which is all NSFW art uh, 2B. Uh, some of them it's really good and cute, and I enjoy it. I like the ones that are more, like, actual, like, naturally proportionate uh, kind of NSFW art, or even just fan art of 2B and Kaine, and, uh, 9S? I mean, but sometimes I, I just feel really weirded out and uncomfortable whenever there's, like, NSFW art made of 9S, since technically he's an android, uh, that was made, like, based off of, like, a teenage human, so, like, I don't really like seeing 9S NSFW stuff, because it just weirds me out. <laughs> but I like the, uh, like, cute 9S fan fan art stuff, because that's, Ninus is such a cutie. He's adorable. But yeah, so, there's a lot of NSFW art of two booty having, like, this really thick ass, really thick thighs, just really fat butt. Sometimes it's just, they make it so big that just, like, it's like, what? It's unnatural, and that there's no way this can happen, you know? Like, like, they make her have, to be, have, like, a really slim waist and this huge fat ass and, like, thick thighs. And just, like, that doesn't, that's not proportionally natural. That, that makes no sense. There's no way that can happen. <laughs> it's, it's weird. But, you know, men will be men. <laughs> and, um, as much as, don't get me wrong, I love to be, like, I love her so much. Uh, I also really love Kaine just as much and I would very much so personally like to see more like fan art or NSFW stuff of Kaine as well. Uh, you don't really see a lot of Kaine art, fan art, or NSFW stuff or just any Kaine appreciation stuff on anything that's like near related. Like anytime you look up anything near it's always 2B and 2B 9S. There's also a lot of A2, but I was never really a fan of A2, so I don't really care for seeing anything with A2. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen stuff with, like, 2B and A2 having sex. I've seen, like, NSW fan art stuff of, like, uh, 2B and A2 having sex, but, like, 2B has a penis. I've seen stuff with, like, 2B having a penis and fucking 9S. I've seen a lot of NSWR of, like, 9S fucking 2B. Um, I've actually seen some stuff of, uh, Kaine, uh, fucking 2B with, and Kaine has a dick. So, that's, so, you know, it's something different. It's like, oh, wow, Kaine. There's Kaine stuff. Uh, but, Sometimes NSW stuff is nice, but, like, at the end of the day, I much prefer, like, really, like, gr good fan art of them all. Especially when they're just, like, m more realistically, 
looking and not too cartoonish looking or like just too 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 big of assets it's just unnatural it just kind of throws it for a loop and just kind of like oh my god you guys you're ruining them <laughs> i suppose that's it for non-spoilery stuff so uh yeah if you don't want to be spoiled at whatsoever all in replicant or automata um just pop just stop listening here <laughs> and otherwise if you really just don't care and you you'll still check out the games and play and have a great time even after hearing everything that the storyline is actually about and what happens then continue listening um so yeah here i go spoilers in three two one so near replicant i obviously will start there first because it's obviously the first one in the near series and then automata's like the second one Hey, this is future me in March 2022, <laughs> finally getting around to finish recording the second half of this near series episode. Uh, if you've listened to my recent episode titled Updates and Season 2 Announcement, you'll know why I just completely like disappeared for like five or six months um but yeah so here I am in March 2022 and my ankle is all healed up finally and I've just actually recently gone to the gym twice this month since uh, in March since I broke my ankle back in June which both times going to the gym went very well. No problems at all. No issues. I made sure I stretched out my ankle first. And then, like how I was taught to in physical therapy. And then, of course, you know, I did my regular stretching out. Like, stretching out my legs and whatever. And then I went to the gym. And, uh, yeah. feel good about finally getting myself back into it. Uh, I just had to keep myself up on it. And, uh, yeah, I also feel good because I'm trying to make sure I take it easy at the gym um, when I do the the leg uh, exercises and leg machines because um, I don't want to, like, overdo it and hurt my ankle, especially now that I have a plate and screws in my left ankle. So, uh, but yeah, so taking it easy and I feel good knowing that I am strengthening my leg back up. And yeah, so now that that's out of the way. So, let's start off with Near Replicant, since obviously that's the first game. So, this is going to be a huge spoiler of just an entire story of, like, what the game is about and everything. And then, like, after I get through that, I'm just going to talk about, like, uh, the side quests that are memorable to me and what I enjoyed and what I loved about the characters and, and all that fun stuff. And then after that, we bounce to Automata. <laughs> so, 
Replicant. It's basically the story of uh, the shades are basically the true humans. And all the beings in all the villages, uh, including like the main character, Nier, Yona, Popola, Devla, Kaine, uh, Emil, everybody. Well, okay, Emil is a, a replicate. Emil is a, a secret like weapon. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, everybody are basically replicants, empty replicant shells of the true humans. There was something to do like that whole project, just alt or whatever, that took and made the true humans, separated them from their bodies to try to save them from like the, God, I can't remember what that disease is called, but basically just trying to save them from whatever that main disease was that was wiping out humanity. <laughs> um, so, which is basically the entire game, all these shades you're fighting are basically the true humans. And, uh, I, they're trying to, after a while over the course of these years, I guess, like, the replicants have become more independent and started becoming, you know, like, thinking and existing more for themselves, creating their own lives, their own cultures. So, it's just kind of like, they're not really these empty shell beings that are willing to just let the true human shades, like, re-under their bodies. Like, they're like, nah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so, the Shadow Lord, if I remember his name correctly, I think they call him Shadow Lord, is actually near like true true human soul self and near is his replicant and yona is sick because he, the true shadow lord like true human near would had put uh the soul of yona into the yona replicant and since like that's why she's like asleep and then missing or whatever for a while and he's he just basically wants to save her life and he's waiting to be able to re-enter his replica near replicant body and they can be together and just exist and live together um you further down the line <laughs> you also end up finding out which is like total heartbreaking because like apparently Popula and Devla were in on this whole entire thing, knew this day was coming, that they still basically acted like parents or like these like parental beings for Nier and Yona, who are basically just kind of like orphans. So it's just like, it's such a total betrayal when you get towards the end of the game and you just find out that, oh, hey, yeah, Popula and Devla are like, yeah, no, we knew this day was coming. We hope that you just go along with the Shadow Lord's plan and just, yeah, no, not fight any of this. We don't want to fight you or kill you, but we will. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they do. So you all fight each other. It gets really hard and tough. And uh, then you end up killing Devla and Popula just reacts like no my sister and she just goes ballistic trying to kill us <laughs> and it's and then Emil just sacrifices himself for 
everybody to try to, like, kill the popular. Big explosion. And then it's just, like, Kaine and, like, near left trying to lead to the Shadow Lord. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have to, like, there's so many different endings. But you have to, like, decide whether or not you're gonna, like, keep uh, Kaine alive or something. Yeah. Well, before that one, you end up fighting the Shadow Lord, and after that, you get the ending where, like, uh, Yona is just, like, leaves Yona's replicant body, and is like, yeah, uh, she clearly has a, her own brother and her own life, and I don't feel comfortable, like, taking over any of this, and her body and stuff, like, she's her own being, her own self. So, she leaves her body and just goes off into, like, I don't know, heaven or whatever is out there where all the true human shady souls go to exist. <laughs> um, and that's, like, I think, like, ending A or whatever. Then once you go through all that again, there's another ending with Kaine where you decide whether or not she will live or not. Uh, I personally... <laughs> Did not want to fight her or kill her or let her die. So I just chose the, no, I will not kill you, Kaine. And yeah, because honestly, I loved Kaine and Nia's friendship so much. I also loved Kaine and Emil's friendship a lot. And sorry, I know I just basically just jump through everything that happens. But I mean, if you've played the game, you, you already know everything that happens. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I didn't want to kill her, so I never did. I skipped the ending where you kill her. But I got the one where you're like, nah, I'm not going to kill you. And then I think you have to fight her, like, when Tyrell, or whatever his name was, takes over. And, uh, yeah, I can't remember if that ending is, like, where you have to sacrifice yourself for her or something. Wow, sorry. It's This is what I get for not finishing recording this after I completely finished the games and had it all fresh in my mind. <laughs> but, um, either she sacrifices herself and her life for Kaine. I mean, for Nier, or Nier sacrifices his life for Kaine. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, now I remember right. So, one of the endings is you sacrifice your life uh, for Kaine. So, that's when you get to play as her. Uh, you have no memories of Nier. Nothing of what happens, but it's like she still gets these vibes and whatnot of like, there's something I'm forgetting. And it's like, Kane, baby, you're forgetting your best friend near who you fell in love with. Like, you want to get back with him. <laughs> and true to believe that's actually what you go down to finding out. <laughs> uh, and also like during her, when you're playthrough as Kaine, that's when you start to go through her past and history and you find out where they hint towards that she's, like, intersex. Because, like, the entire village hates her and, like, the kids pick on her for, like, being born wrong and, and like, having what nobody expected of her to ha have down below. And it's just all very, like, subtly mentioned. So, uh, you yeah, know, Kane uh, is 
high tier intersex representation. Ayy. I mean, Kaine is just so badass and amazing. I love her personality. I just love her looks. Um, she's just so badass. I just love her independence. And oh my gosh, I love Kaine. And um, when we meet Emil in the uh, mansion thing, I was really excited for that because when I was playing around in uh, near replicant like the beginning, uh, after I leave the the main village and go to the the seaside village, when you when I kept finding those spiders to kill and destroy, and then like when I enter the gates to that mansion, everything was black and white. It's all like creepy, spooky vibes. That was my favorite part and like my favorite area throughout the game. So like I would pop in there all the time, and be like. Let me in the doors. Let me in the doors. I want to explore. But, uh, yeah. So once, finally, when you find out that, like, Yona's pen pal is this dude that's just living in the mansion, you go there. Thankfully, it's not as creepy as it sounds. And it's that Emil's, like, actually a boy, not, like, an adult dude, like, writing to her. <laughs> so... I, you finally get to go into the mansion. The mansion is everything my my heart and soul could have wanted and more. It's so creepy and spooky in there. And the music, the vibes, everything being black and white. It's just... Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> Anyways, so you meet Emil. He is like blind, blinded or blindfolded. And uh, he's just like, yeah, go find my butler friend. And so... You go off trying to find his butler friend. His butler friend is like, Hey, hi. Yeah, we got uh, a shade in here that needs to be killed. So you go off to the library. Uh, I, I can't remember whether you have a meal with you when you go off to the library. But whatever. So you go off to the library. And you fight the shade. They have, like, this shield ability. You fight, pow, pow. You win. You get, uh, Weiss gets the ability to shield protect, which is a great power feature. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. I just love the whole mansion sequence and meeting Emil, because Emil is so cute and adorable. And then you go back, you hang out with Emil, you you find out about his past and everything and more about him. He's blindfolded because, like, apparently his eyes, when he looks at people or anybody or anything, they turn, they're petrified and turn to stone and die instantly. So you find out there's, like, this secret basement down underneath a statue. And it's a, a weapon facility. And you find out that Emil is a weapon that was created. And so was his sister. And his sister is still down there, and you have to end up, like, fighting her and everything. It's so sad because, like, Emil and her fight and battle, and I, th I think he has to petrify her. Um, but it's so sad, you know? She, they tested her and experimented on her so much to, and created her into, like, a super powerful weapon to the point where she just stopped, like, wanting to be, like... Uh, suffering from all the experimentation that they were doing. 
And yeah, so she fought back against him. And they trapped her in that one room or whatever. So yeah, it's so sad. And then, like, they both combine. And and then, basically, after Emil and his sister combine, uh, Emil doesn't have his cutesy, like, adorable little uh, boy look vibe. He now looks like the Emil that everybody knows and loves. His head and everything. And it's kind of like, spooky spook spook and it's like hmm, no <laughs> I liked his adorable other outfits and, and look so much better it was so cute and adorable but it is what it is so anyways sadly um the really cute and adorable thing is like when oh wait that all happened after you petrified Kaine. I can't believe I forgot about that. Wow, I'm bouncing all over the place. Um, yeah. So, Emil and Kaine developed this really great friendship that is so cute and adorable because, like, apparently none of the villagers, they don't want Kaine in because she's part shade and the way she's dressed and everything. And... Yada, yada, yada. You know, people just fucking suck. Even replicant, empty-shelled replicants suck and have prejudices. <laughs> um, and Amelia's just like, I understand, kind of. Kind of like same. I had to remain hidden because, like, I blind people with my stare. I'm like, psh, 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 psh. <laughs> Um... But yeah, so their friendship is just so cute because they're always like camping outside of the villages away together and and like she kind of you get to see more of herself and she opens up and trusts more and more to a meal and they're just all the scenes with those two are just so cute and adorable and I love it so much. I literally love the friendship between a meal and Kaine, and I like the part where, like, Emil's talking about, like, uh, something that Kaine said, and, and Kaine's like, no, shush, shush. I said that in, like, between us, secrecy. <laughs> it's just so cute to see Kaine able to let her guard down, and so adorable. <laughs> Anyways, now we can go bounce back to, like, after you unpetrify kind of or whatever um Emil's all ashamed and like no I don't want you to look at me kind of but kind of is just like she says Emil like instantly and recognizes him instantly and she's like I don't notice the I recognize you instantly Emil and and you're still you and like our friendship is still fine and it's just so beautiful just to see those two friendship just grow and her reassure Emil that like the way his creepy scary vibe look uh, won't deter her away from him and how he's still recognizable to her. It's just so cute and so sweet. Oh my god, my heart. <laughs> and yeah, and then just their friendship, all three of them together just how they work and together and everything and their their chemistry together all three of them is so great and as you watch more and more of how 
Kane begins to fall in love with Nier. It's it's so cute. Absolutely cute. And then there's like a part of the game in the story where you go to facade where everybody is just like wears masks and everything and there's so many rules. Um I it sounds like the language that the facade people speak is like Japanese or something. It's pretty cute if it is actually Japanese or at least just like um like kind of like Japanese or uh like inspired language that they came up with as like Japan a Japanese game and Japanese developers them um incorporating our language into like this fantasy game it just it's really cute I I like that touch a lot <laughs> uh, I guess it's just like a hey Val like that's not a big deal like hello it's a Japanese game and it's a Japanese RP it's a JRPG developed by Japanese people, of course they're going to incorporate their language into it. <laughs> but stop. You don't have to, like, call me out like that, okay? <laughs> Let me enjoy the cute adorableness that I enjoy. All right? All right. Cool. Cool. Nice. So back to facade. You meet the little child king and everything. You save him because he's all rush, rush into the pyramid. And you have this cute, adorable little girl named Fiera and you befriend her and everything she like she's like your guide around the city and she's teaching you about the rules and stuff uh she's an outsider and she just joined the facade um and yeah I don't know their friendship is really cute I think it's something to do with like how Kaine uh saved her and then that's how they get the entrance into the city and the town and everything and because of Kane, uh, everybody in Facade uh, welcomes her and her friends and everything, which is near and Emil, obviously. <laughs> and it's just, it's so cute, uh, especially further down the line with Fira and the king um, and like the adult half of Nier. You go back there and you're invited to like a wedding and you find out that the king of Asai, which was the little boy who you saved back in the pyramid and the child years part of the game, is getting married to none other than Fira. And oh my god, it's just so cute and everything. And then the game just decides to rip your fucking heart out and have like these wolves kill Fira. And then it's just so saddening because like the king of Asai is all like, we must be ven- avenge our queen. You know, like, she dies literally after they're married. <laughs> like, on their wedding day, killed. It's, it's so sad. But, um, moving on now. <laughs> there is another really, really, like, sad and heartbreaking part in the uh in like the second half of the adult years which is like apparently there's this little girl in this like ship thing and there's this guy who's like missing or whatever but he like well, no he's not missing uh there's a bunch of bodies dying and everything so we are sent there to investigate um you find out like how there's this really silent quiet girl 
there and there's this dude who shows up and he's like, oh, hi guys. And tell you learn from him that he found her like uh, alone on the ship and everything. And he's been trying to like feed her and get her to open up to him and everything. And you continue on in the, throughout the ship in the game and then like you read all these uh, logs and stuff and you find out that the girl is actually a shade but because of she she grew a bond with the guy who was trying to take care of her um she she's trying to become more uh like them like more human so she's consuming and eating all these beings these like other people which obviously we all know are replicants but like the other people so because she's trying to in a way become more humanized and consume their humanity so that way she can be involved in when this guy who she looks at as like in a fatherly way um which is a really interesting twisted perspective and a twisted way to go about that but you know, it shows that there's some humanity uh, to the shades, you know, and that approach to the humanity. And then, like, they show the, uh, the dude, when you're battling her in her gigantic form, she's so hard to fight, but, like, she, right as she's about to do, like, the finishing death blow at us... Like us, the the players, um, he shows up and just like whacks her <laughs> with a stick and everything, and she's just like, huh? And she's just kind of like stops her attack, and she's like, feels she's just like, I don't know if she feels like. Hold on, I'm trying to remember if she feels betrayed by that or it's just like a distraction. He because he's yelling at her to like stop it and everything. And she's like, oh, like, papa, or whatever, in her former way of being to acknowledge him. And sadly, that's when, like, you take your shot and, like, end her life. And and it's just such a sad, like, gut-wrenching scene, you know, between the two of them. Because she's just, like, she's heartbroken that he's uh, attacking her and just shocked and to find out that what she is and he she all she wanted was to be a part of his life and you know she just wanted to be what she what he wanted from her you know it's really really cute and beautiful scene in a saddening way because obviously it's heart-wrenching too as well but there's another part when you're playing as Kainé later on um you can go back and talk to him and he reveals how like he he'll miss her and everything and how the girl tried to like write a letter and when you're as Kainé you can uh decide to hand the letter over to him and it's like she practiced and tried writing so she can communicate between them and it's just <laughs> it's so sad you know it's just like 
you know, and then even he kind of regrets of what they had to do, but they had to do it for the greater good, and yeah, that, that was a good part of the game, you know, another good, sad, heartbreaking game, the moment in the game. Uh, but, uh, other, uh, side quests, okay, so side quests in the game that I remember, obviously the old woman like, <laughs> she's just so annoying with her old womanliness and being so grouchy to everybody. But as you finish, constantly finish all the quests with her, and you find out more and more and more her background, you you grasp and understand more and why. Like, she she lost her lover at uh, somewhere, and he keeps writing to her, uh, telling her he'll be he'll come back home to her. And she's just constantly waiting and waiting for her love to return to her. But you find out that the person writing her all these letters is actually not her lover. It's like the uh, mailman because he didn't want to break her heart telling her that her lover died. So he continued writing to her all these years. And... Obviously, when I played, I chose to tell her the truth, uh, because, which I, I also told to tell the truth to earlier in the game, where you can choose whether or not when you find the, the dead mother's body with the, with the runaway dude, if, um, tell the brothers that she's dead or not. I told them the truth, too. <laughs> so, um. Because it just seems like the right thing to do. I mean, you go on that mission, you come back, and you're going to lie to them. Like, no, just be straight up and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, but she's gone. She's dead. We found her dead body. You know, you got to give people closure, man. Like, <laughs> especially for somebody who lost their mother. Anyways, um, I bounced around too much again. But anyways, back to the old woman. So I chose to tell her that her lover was actually dead, and it was actually... The village and the mailman who, because they didn't want to break her heart, were writing to her, uh, pretending to be her lover. And how she forgave them and everything and could understand where they came from. And, you know, it, it's an interesting touching scene. And then, like, she ends up dying and everybody actually ends up missing her and stuff. And... Yeah, but, so this whole side quest is a whole ordeal. It's pretty fun, actually. Not fun, but, like, I mean, like, to get that whole, like, emotional journey is entertaining. Um, like, at the closure at the end, and you find out about her and stuff. And that whole story quest line. <laughs> Another people is, like, the bad guy and the wife. It's like a running gag that they're constantly arguing, fighting and everything. And then like, I think he ends up dying trying to uh, get his wife something that she really truly wanted or something like that. And she's heartbroken over that. I think if you got, I think I chose to tell her the truth too as well in the game. But uh, yeah, Near Replicant. It's such a good game. Oh my god. It's such a good game. And oh my god, I love Kane so much. I love Kane's storyline, her background, backstory line. I 
I love Emil and his backstory and Nier is adorable and how he's just so like self-righteous and everything and well not self-righteous not in like a cringe way but like just kind of like he's just so wholesome throughout the whole game um with his morals and values and yeah but poor uh Kaine like Grimoire Weiss just keeps constantly calling her a hussy it's just like bro chill like stop stop slut shaming her she wants to run around in a necklojay. I mean, letter like, whatever you do, you. <laughs> yeah, and like with the the new remake of the replicant that's out now too, you get like different outfits for all of them, and there's like this yokoza outfit for, um, Kaine. That's her name. Yeah, and I like to I like it way more than her like actual looking outfit. Uh, it's just like kind of like bikini bottom underwear like this like crop top shirt thing that was kind of my favorite outfit to run around with and <laughs> as her in but uh yeah I don't know I love Kaine <laughs> anyways I will stop yammering on about Kaine <laughs> but let me think did I cover everything in Replicant that I wanted to touch on the fishing was annoying as heck in Replicant. I will say that. Like, the constant fishing, but it's easy to fish in Replicant. It took me forever to figure out how to. I was like, yo, like, why is this so hard? I can't figure it out. And I finally figured out how to do it. And I was like, oh, this is chill and easy now. La 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 la. <laughs> and the trees, the forest of myth was such a hard sequence to constantly get through. You know what I mean? Like riddling like I liked it enjoyed it but like there was so much reading to do <laughs> and trying to like pick up on the context clues to solve the uh, riddles or like the little like uh, story written problems or whatever so but they're fun puzzles oh wait I cannot forget to touch on with when you're playing as Kaine uh, you go to the forest of myth and you enter this tree and you find out it's all like these like recorder android beings who is recording everything that happens and goes on and collecting all the data on each and every replicant and everything and it's just some crazy stuff and you can see where they are leading into like automata with that because that's kind of like the beginnings of that whole command center area uh, in the end of Automata. So. And of course, the kind of ending too as well where, like, she's a flower. There's her and, like, Nia are in this huge, like, lunar tear flower. That's <laughs> that so cute too. And, yeah. So, I, I think that's it that I can think of and remember to touch upon about replicants. So, are we all ready to get into the craziness of Automata? So, here's the gist of Automata. As to be, you are on a mission to fight and destroy this giant, like, robot thingy-majigger. 
and you have 9S assigned to work with you to fight and destroy it. So you guys are fighting in, uh, together to be as cold. She's just very like, no, we're not supposed. To, we're androids. We're not supposed to have emotions or any emotional attachments. Like we were just here to get the mission, do the mission, get the mission done, yada yada yada. And Ines is just like, uh, so. He's trying to get personal with her. He's just like, let's be friends. And how are how are you? Or like, you can call me nines. Everybody calls me nines. <laughs> and he's just trying to like build this kind of like emotional attachment thing. So you can be partners, you know, it's to create a bond between them. And 2B is like, nah, we ain't having any of that. So, you fight and destroy this huge, giant monster thingy. And, well, as, you know, if you've already played this game, you already know that happens. Uh, they, 2B and 9S link their black boxes, which is kind of like a suicide, self-destruct, packed thing. And they both go, and it destroys the gigantic robot that they were able to defeat together and they destroy themselves too. But luckily they were able to upload the their consciousness up into like to the server up uh at the uh Yorha command center. So you wake up in your room as to be and you go off you find nine S in his room, yada yada yada. You both go and meet up with, like, the Yorha commander, chief lady. She sends you both on an infiltration mission down on Earth to help out the resistance group with whatever they need to do, etc., etc. And that's just, like, the gist of the main game. You're just down there on Earth battling and fighting a bunch of robots and Ninus is a pretty good help. And you guys do a bunch of side quests with the resistance camp. And you go off and like... There's this one robot dude up on top of a building. And he keeps challenging you over and over and over again. To like help train him in fighting. So it's just like... The higher and higher levels he goes and you beat him, you get, like, more rewards for that stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and, yeah, from there, uh, you start getting into the whole story, obviously, from jumping around from place to place. Like, you go to the Great Desert and you meet these robots who are wearing masks and stuff. And Ninus is just like, why are they wearing all these masks? And replicating this like and now that we know if you've played replicant and automata you know that the desert area is supposed to be the ruins of facade basically and all the master robots are like um i don't, I don't know if i want to say reenacting but like they're like they're being like the facade people I don't know. I guess reenacting would be right because, I mean, 
They're, that's what people do with, like, the reenactment Civil War stuff here in the USA, you know? Or, like, the reenactments of, like, Revolution War or whatever. Whatever, like, a, old adult men seem to do and dress up and, like, react that stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Everybody has their own LARPing interest. Who am I to, like, judge on everybody's LARPing? <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah, that's a pretty cute little, like, moment, and, like, if you play Replicate, you pick up on that, and you're like, whoa, these master robots are, like, facade people, and this is, like, must be the ruins of facade, but so anyways, yada yada, ugh, a lot happens, I can't remember exactly which, oh yeah, the aliens, you're down there to try to find the aliens, you find out, like, the aliens are, like, completely destroyed and killed and wiped out and then you meet these two like uh beings called like Adam and Eve and they're like we're gonna pow pow fight you all pow pow and he survived the one fight and then they disappear off um I think the aliens created them or something in the exact likeness as the humans or whatever uh they overpower the aliens Etc. Etc. There's so much that happens in the Tamata. <laughs> um. So you go to this amusement park area, which is really fun and everything, and uh, but there's like some of these pacifist, uh, pacifistic, pacifist robots who like beg you not to kill them. Um, I actually kind of would always kill them because I don't know, it was interesting to listen to them beg like ah please don't hurt me or no don't kill me and you do it anyways uh but then also but i mean as the androids you're supposed to kill the robots because robots are bad yada 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 which is also a great reason why i love automata so much is obviously when i get down to that part i'm just trying to do a quick rundown of everything that happens but I think I'm dragging this on too long, so I'm going to have to rush this more. <laughs> but so anyways, you meet these pacifist robots, and Ninus is a little like, huh, why are they doing this? Huh, why are they doing that? And he's questioning their humanity a lot, or, or the reasons behind why they're doing certain things, or saying certain things, or not fighting instantly, or holding back. And Tubi is just all like, nah, bro, like, we're just supposed to fight and kill them, like, Nah, nah, I don't care what they're doing. Like, they, they're robots. They're like, they're like rust and metal bolts. Like, we kill and <laughs> kill them. Stop questioning things. Just kill. That's basically what TB is being all about. So you fight this giant boss person and she's like this operatic, like singing robot thing who just like wants to be beautiful and... <laughs> interesting boss fight I will give you that interesting boss fight in her cutscenes it plays a huge part of showing how they are becoming more and learning more and more to have emotions or become more human and more humanity I mean she's a little bit more twisted because she's obsessed with being beautiful but like whatever some people there's some people who get a little bit too much twisted perspectives, even as humans. There's a bunch of us who do that, you know. 
So, jump between blah, blah. We meet Pascal, the pacifist robot who doesn't want to fight at all. And they have this village of a bunch of other pacifist robots. Nobody, nobody wants to fight. They're all peace, peace. And they're like, hey, not all of us robots are like the other robots. Like, we're trying to create peace and change and betterment of all. And we are... Uh, interested in philosophy and all these different philosophizers and yeah like help us and we'll help you we'll scratch your back so as you meet pascal and you befriend pascal it's when like 2b and 9s are starting to like huh this is weird and interesting there's like friendly non-fighting robots what do we make of this and they're starting to like break down the uh, connotations of that they were taught, or not taught, but like programmed, since they are androids, they're programmed to do is to just fight and kill and destroy all robots. But they're like, huh, there's some that are trying to be good, and they're rebuilding civil like human civilizations, and they're trying to replicate uh, a past in the hum- humanities, like history and rebuild culture, re, uh, re-civilize, uh, bring about peace. They just want to exist the way humans have existed and, and be. So they just start like questioning everything of command. Uh, they start running into A2. A2 fights them and whatnot. And she like, she's like, oh, hey, your command has some things to answer to, like, and she runs away after a fight that you guys have with her. <laughs> um, yeah, so at the resistance group, you you find out that, like, the main runner of the resistance group, she, like, worked with A2 back in the original days and everything, and ooh, there's also androids of Popula and Devila at the resistance group, too, which is another homage to, uh, to replicant <laughs> and they're like they are showing some remorse and and repentance for their actions in the past of how they betrayed uh people that they really loved and cared about and now obviously we obviously all know if you've played replicant <laughs> that you know that in the androids of devila and popular the twins are talking about near and Kaine, and uh, Weiss, and Emil. So, that's a fun little input and touch to pick up on there, too, as well. And, yeah, so you're just diving deeper more and more into learning stuff. Especially as 9S. 9S is constantly, like, very inquisitive and seeking to learn everything. And then, like, you go to, like, this king jungle area. It's uh, uh, There's this, like, center area um, in the forest that kind of, like, resembles, like, an abandoned, like, broken down mall. And I can't really exactly remember or pinpoint what it's supposed to be the ruins of from Replicant, to be honest. That one's kind of drawing a blank. But it's cute, because now you're nice to just like, oh, hey, I wonder... If this is whether like a shopping center or anything or like a mall and they're talking about all these different things and um yeah you meet the K 
king of the jungle area or something. I I forget what happens in that part. All I know is you keep fighting them or something. Um, yeah, and there's like this giant boar. And you fight and kill the giant boar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so anyways, yeah, that's all the fun different things that I'm rambling on and on and on about that happens in this game. <laughs> uh, so the whole gist and rundown of the story of Automata, it's really deep and it's just such a beautiful game. It's about, it's a game about like, um, humanity and, and how you, how to be nine as able to separate, uh, what they're witnessing from Pascal and Pascal's village from what they were programmed to fight and kill and destroy all robots. They're finding out that not all are terrible and they should just not like completely follow command and everything. Uh, but there's also so much more going on in uh, Automata. Obviously, um, 2B begins to open up more and more uh, with the bonding and the friendship with 9S throughout the game. And she even calls them 9s at one part. <laughs> and it's it's just so cute, their friendship and their development. But the whole game is just heart-wrenching and heartbreaking because essentially it's a question of what are we here for? What do we exist for? What do we live for? It's existentialism? No, existentialism? Oh my god, I can't say it. It's it's that really big word about like existence. <laughs> I'll look it up. Existential. Oh my god. Existential. That word. I don't know why I can't pronounce it. Thank you, Google Dictionary. So existential. That's what I'm basically trying to say here. Uh, it's very existentialism going on. <laughs> the whole story is the all the Yorha um, command center basically just built as like a last defense, and they're lying to all the androids, the Yorha androids about needing to protect the last of the humans who live on the moon. But it actually turns out that there are no humans that live on the moon and the entire humanity has been wiped out. So, Yorha androids are basically still continuing this war that's basically just already over with. So, the androids and robots, they're still just fighting and battling out this war. The aliens don't even exist anymore. Like, Adam and Eve just completely wiped out the aliens too. I think they were just trying to, like, rebuild something. Civilization or something. I don't know. Adam was the crazy one, especially after Eve dies. I know that much. Or maybe something to do with, like, crazy power. Oh, my God. It's been, li it's been like, a year since I played this game. <laughs> I just know, I just know and remember the huge exponentialism and, like, the emotional pulls and ties and, and everything in this game. So, like... Basically, 2B isn't actually 2B. She's actually this android line called 2E, which is uh, for execution. So 2B has position has been to be sent on a mission to kill 9S for 
hacking into and finding out too much information constantly over and over and over and over again of the truth behind the Yorha Command Center, how humanity doesn't exist, and they're still just fighting this war for no no reason, and there's no meaning to anything. But uh, you, they, you basically got to just keep continuing this whole facade to just keep everything going, you know? Like, what, what happens and what is even there if they don't have this? So, Tubi is sent in to keep constantly kill and execute 2S, I mean, not 2S, 9S, over and over and over and over. And over time, it just starts getting really really hard for 2B to just have to keep executing them and killing them repeatedly over and over and over and over and over. Like, they developed this friendship. And it's just so, it's just so heart-wrenching to think about and imagine. Like, they, they work together, but she knows her mission is to execute him and kill him every time. But, they bond, they they develop a friendship, she really cares for him, and, but sadly, since once after, they, Ninus doesn't remember, and they wipe his memory, and he forgets every single time, but she still remembers every single time that she has to go back, and into these, when there's, like, the new reincarnations of Ninus, I suppose, like, the new Ninus spots, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it but like so that's why when you're playing automata and throughout the game uh 2b is just so cold towards 9s and why she's just tells him like yo we're not supposed to have emotions we're not supposed to have bonds or emotional attachments we just gotta get the job done and that's that like we're designed to kill let's just kill the robots and get it over with because she it's already killed them over and over and over and over and over and over and over a ridiculous amount of time. She can't allow herself to keep breaking her heart and making it harder on her over and over again. It's just like, oh my god, this game. Oh my god, this game. So it's just like, in the scenes later on when like, Ninus is just like, dies and like 2B is like holding him and crying and sobbing and just like calls him nines and everything and well, it's just so it's just so heart-wrenching so sad and you find out that A2 was originally abandoned because she found out the truth behind the whole command center the command center and everything is a lie and whatnot uh and she just completely like goes rogue so that's why uh, the Orha command wanted to be Ninus to go hunt her down and kill her. Because she's a rogue, she knows the truth. Uh, I guess Ninus finding out and hacking into the systems and the files and finding out the truth behind humanity being completely destroyed and dead. And this war is all just a facade. It, it basically just disrupts their power and their hold of everything. It just gets crazier because it, towards the end in like 9S's ending, you go into this giant white building that is actually technically, not technically, but like it's like the library from Replicant, which is crazy and mind-blowing to think about like after, because I played Thomas at first and then Replicant over the summer when the game Replicant came out, the remake came out, and I was just like, 
holy shit, this library is the, the giant, like, information data center in Automata towards the ending. It's, ugh, that's so crazy and wild. But, and then, like, 9S is, like, battling and fighting, like, these data entity being self who, oh my gosh, my mind is already hurting right now trying to remember all this. Like, he battles these information data things, and but like, I think their purpose is primi- primarily is just to keep everything in check and everybody in line. If he finds out the truth and destroys all of them or something like that, it's just like everything falls apart or something. I think that's what the gist was. Oh man, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, and so. To be basically his job is just to keep constantly kill him over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because of that, because they want to avoid that happening every time. But it does happen every time. So just like this whole thing of automata is constantly repeating over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Ugh. But yeah, so this game is just 100% truly amazing and heart-wrenching and I love Automata so much. I love 2B. I love 9S. I don't know. I just love the theme and the deep philosophical like representations and the themes in the game. It's just it's just also amazingly, mind-blowingly awesome. Like I just love games like this. I, I, I love them. <laughs> so, so the combat is really fun. <laughs> And you get to have these chips things. So, like, in how in Replicant, you have these magic words that, like, can buffer you up and, like, make you, make your attacks or your defenses stronger and more powerful. Kind of like, like, um, stat buffers, I suppose you could describe them as. Um, in Automata, you have the same thing. And they're, like, little microchip thingies. So you can, like, build these different, like, chip sets that will give you either, like, uh, stronger attack powers or stronger defense things with faster speed. So playing around with those is a lot of fun, especially when you can do like add the um, the chips that like make you faster and heal faster and like powerful attacks. And a stronger defense is just then you can just be like, bam, bitches, you can't touch me. You're like. Uh, super, like, god android that just goes zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> and, um, anyways, so, <laughs> I think I did miss on some pretty big things in Automata. So, 9S hacks into Toopy's mind, and which the command, Yorha command knew that he was gonna do this. So, um, they put a virus in Toopy's mind. So he can't find, like, hack into her finding out the whole mission behind Tubi actually being executing Android out, sent out to kill him because he finds out the truth about everything. So he hacks her and releases this, like, virus data file, which, like, infects literally the entire Android base and the entire Androids. So now all the Androids are, like, have this virus and it finally hits and attacks Tubi and Ninus is devastated and he's just out to like tr- 
he's just devastated. He's just on like a revenge mission. It's just so heartbreaking. He finds A2. He just fucking ballistically attacks A2. <laughs> but I think they finally end up like teaming up after he comes down or something. But like, it's just like, oh, my ass. Oh, my poor baby. And it was just like, their growth friendship is just truly, oh my gosh, this game. Oh, so amazing. <sighs> but anyways, so yeah. And you, it really makes you beg to wonder, like, does 9S fall in love with 2B? Or are they, like, really close friendship thing going on? Like, are they best friends? Uh, kind of like a lover thing? And also, this is also the same kind of thing that you can think about and wonder about the characters Kaine and Nier and Replicant. Like, would the Nier love Kaine back? We Obviously, we know that Kaine fell in love with Nier, but she's not going to go anywhere and bring up her love because she doesn't want to become brokenhearted or be rejected. <laughs> and whereas with 2B and 9S, it's clear that 2B loves him too. But I think it just makes more sense between 2B and 9S to be more like they got this friendship, like, bond. This powerful bond, friendship bond going on in their friendship. I mean, their love for each other is like platonic love, you know? I don't want to see it as a romantic love. Like, kind of like, or even, not even just platonic, but like a sibling kind of love, I can feel like, because... That's just how I want to view it and look at it as, especially since, like, 9S's android uh, body build is just kind of, like, to represent a teenager kind of thing. And I just think it's too weird to be shipping uh, 2B, who is just kind of, like, an obviously mature, like, adult female uh, type android um, model build to be shipping with, like, this weird teenager thing. Just kind of, like, let's not go there. Like, can... <laughs> let's not cross boundaries, guys. Let's not... Let's not make this weird. Please, let's not make this weird. <laughs> um, And so, yeah. So, like... Like, there's this one part that everybody always questions about. It's, like, asterisks out. And it's just, like, a thing of, like, where it's just asking, like... And it's just, like... Do you... And there's a blank. It's like a four-spot blank. So you can either fit the word like that he wants to either fuck to be, love to be, or kill to be. I look at it and fit the word love into it. I read people online discussing it and say, like, they think it's actually kill to be. But I could see how that could... Uh, play a part and it would probably fit better because obviously if he finds out that she was actually sent to execute him and he finally knows his truth and he's gonna have to struggle with that that oh hey we have this like familial like friendship brother sister bond going on but like she's sent here to kill me and I have to like defend myself and kill her so I don't know <laughs> I like it better thinking of it as in love he loves her. Hmm. Oh yeah, another important part in this game. So like, there's this crazy psychotic like cult of like robots. They're like this, this like suicide cult bots. And so, in the game, you meet these like crazy bots 
robot things and like they're worshiping they have this like worshiping thing and they're all just like become gods become gods become gods and like they all like kill each other and suicide each other out and like so that they can become gods or something and then I think there's just like really big huge gigantic one and you it's like a boss fight and it's just <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy man the exonational the exonational existentialism of the game and the and is just this game is just mind blowing okay this game is an experience in and of itself and I recommend this experience for everybody everyone you just gotta experience automata as a wild emotional existentialism roller coaster ride and it's just so worth it it's so worth getting your heart wrenched out and ripped out and just your heart broken and everything for this game because it's just a needed thing you just have to experience this emotional ride man it's amazing <laughs> and um, oh wait two bees uh, operator who works with her and sends her messages, she's like, talks to like 2B asking for advice and stuff about this other female android that she like has a crush on and wants to date and everything. And 2B is just, of course, like her usual quotes of like, oh, we're supposed to be working and uh, no, no emotional attachment bonds and blah, blah, blah. Like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> and, uh, but her operator is, is just so cute and sweet, you know? I just love all the, just the LGBT inclusiveness in Near Tauta and Near Replicant, you know, like those two, uh, your hot operators who are fall, who fall in love with each other or, well, no, actually they don't fall in love with each other. The one operator, I think that whole part in the game that you experience is that like, it's unrequited love. Or maybe they do, or maybe she is like, but I, I want to say, I think it's unrequited love. Still, just like, oh, lesbian love. Sapphoic love. It's so pure. It's so wholesome. I don't know. I, I personally love anything with, like, queer love. Like, boy love, girl love, both. I love them so much. I always love them more than any other kind of, like, relationship written story like to me I just think like boy love characters and stories and girl love characters and stories are just so pure and and wholesome and just real true love it's just I I need and want more queer love media to just consume because like all the hetero romantic stuff that's out there is just it's just so like cliche and it's just so because we already live in a heteronormative society and world it's just kind of like it's just kind of like boring you know you only have so many romantic like dramas or series or like romantic comedies centered around a guy and a girl and they fall in love and it's like okay but like can we have enough of this like I'm bored of that I, uh, that's all I ever see. So, like, I instantly just love all things, just queer love. I just love it so much. <laughs> I eat it up. I, I consume it pr instantly as much as I can. 
uh, I've been actually getting, I am completely going off topic from Automata, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I've been reading a lot of Webtoons, and Webtoons is, I've gotten really, like, hooked on reading Webtoons because I've been finding so many boy love, really cute boy love, uh, romance stories, and a lot of really cute girl love romance stories in Webtoons, and it's just, like, everything my heart could ever want to read and ever just everything <laughs> everything I could ever want and desire and I just love it so very much anyways I think that is it for that I have to say about Nier Automata I've covered everything you know the crazy hectic story oh well actually no the the very very ending where you know 9S dies and 2B is crying holding him and it turns out that he hacked into one of the other robots and he's like li living and chilling in like the gigantic robot uh, body and it's so cute and I also left out the entire like major mega like Adam uh, trying to create and get all the robots to like combine together into this giant robot and fight and like, they're trying to connect all, with, like, Adam and all the robots, they were trying to connect on, like, this, another network that they were, that they were able to all, like, connect on. So every single robot began, like, able to get onto this network, and they all connected and started, like, communicating between each other on this certain specific network. And I'm gonna drop it there, because that's what, the gist of it that I mostly remember. <laughs> Anyways, Nier Automata, phenomenal game. Play it, play it, play it. If you haven't played it, it's phenomenal. Absolutely superb. Absolutely phenomenal. I love this game series so much. And Replicant is also just as good. Like, play it, play it, play it. You know, it's, it's like both... Automata and Replicant, they just pull you in story-wise and emotionally-wise. Like, it's just so good. It just draws me in. I love games that draw me in to the story and the characters and, and the emotions going on between them. Like, I loved The Last of Us uh, and The Last of Us too, but like primarily Last of Us because of that bond between Joel and... Ellie, you know, like seeing them bond together more and more and, and seeing Joel open up uh, more and more and not be as guarded around Ellie and watching him go from like being annoyed with her and wanting nothing to do with her to like having this like fatherly bond towards her and those who haven't become a more father-daughter bond is such a beautiful scene but yeah so I love 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 games like Automata and Replicant and how they play the characters draw, draw you in the story draws you in the themes and everything draws you in and like I just love it okay I love it same with Hellblade like Hellblade drew me in I just <sighs> The, just everything about these games. Oh my god. I'm just out of words. So <laughs> and I'm going to keep repeating myself. So I don't want to do that. So I'm going to just stop. I'm just, I just, 
I love these kinds of games. I just love them so much. Anyways, on that note, this is finally, I have finally finished recording the end of my near series analysis and review. Um, I am so sorry it took me six months to finally complete this. But yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, you can absolutely, obviously, like, subscribe and to the podcast on, or, like, follow it, uh, depending on what, like, platform you're using. I know on Google Podcasts and, and Apple Podcasts, it's you click the subscribe button. On Spotify, you just click follow. <laughs> so, this episode will now be the I'm gonna put up as season two episode one since it took me so long to put this out so this will be the first episode of the second season so welcome to season two everybody and uh hopefully I will keep myself on top of uh recording and editing and putting episodes out there uh like I mentioned and said in my update episode that my best friend for Christmas, she got me this journal. Sorry, I just blinked out. She got me this journal for with like the my podcast that she logo that she drew and made herself on the cover of it. And on the other side was a picture of like one of the pictures my boyfriend drew. I decided to use that journal as like my brainstorming episodes uh book so here i am i'm not wing i'm gonna try my best not to wing these episodes anymore so this will be the last episode that i wing completely i think (laughs) we'll find out welcome back i'm back hopefully as long as i don't go off onto adhd bounce from thing to thing land again (laughs) i gotta be learn to be time management with myself (laughs) and uh yeah so if you want to reach out to me and or like leave any feedbacks or you know just reach out to me (laughs) you can email me at whatever this fuckery is podcast at gmail.com I will have that listed down at the bottom the description box so you can actually know how to spell it (laughs) and find the email to email me at and there's also a twitter that i have for this podcast i'll have that link down at the bottom too as well so yeah thank you so much for listening and have a great day bye